Hi, welcome back to Silence is Cancelled. Uh, Andrew and I are here. And uh, today we thought it would be uh, funny to talk about how two non-mental health professionals are running a mental health or, uh, organization. Because uh, it, it is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not even sure how to even uh, start the conversation other than... I don't know. I just uh, you and I kind of came at this in a in a roundabout sort of a way. It was kind of a it's like, oh, this is where we are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I was talking about way through to uh, some friends the other day, and I just mentioned like, yeah, if you would have told me five, six, seven years ago, I'd be leading a, a mental health organization. Um, I just would have responded like, why, you know, and how, how did that happen? And, uh, maybe we should, you know, maybe we should talk about our backgrounds a little bit, you know, what, what, what we are professional in and, and what brings us to this. So, yeah. It could I be. Yeah. Uh, I know for me, my sort of, you know, and we've kind of talked about this, but we're doing what we've always done. We're just doing it in, with a more of a specific focus, I think. Um, I know for me, I've, you know, I went to school for audio engineering because I wanted to study music because I wanted to, you know, work in audio and, 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 and what that comes out of is a, a sort of a, a, a deep sense of, of, of storytelling. And I just wanted to do it with, with music maybe. Um, because uh, I had done, you know, I'd been in the music industry for a while up till then, um, like starting from high school. I mean, I wasn't like a rock star or anything, but 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 that was my sort of focus. And then sort of stumbled upon, you know, documentary filmmaking through school and, and you and I did some stuff together. And and so for me, it's just always been about telling telling really good stories that 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 matter. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as we were working on your album, then, which will come out at some point in the <laughs> near to distant future, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a lot of your stuff was sort of birthed out of that. So it just, you know, we were, we were creating something there. Um, and then for me, it was just kind of a natural progression when, when, when when you started working on this it was just like yeah we i I can i can put my skills here and we can we can make this thing work yeah i think that's the interesting part is the the match of skill set to a need you know for me you know coming at this having a background in in leadership and organizational building and then certainly uh, in humanitarian work um you know, I was sort of in this gap of just trying to figure out what I, what I was going to do next. I was coming out of my own sort of mental health story. Um, and, uh, I remember, uh, I remember early in the pandemic, you know, it was like May or June of, of 2020, you called me, you're like, Hey, everything's kind of left your life. How about you just come out here and record some music? <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, I got nothing else uh, going on. So I don't I think I calling, was that, 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 that brutal with it. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, 
maybe. Uh, but um, <laughs> I remember calling you on the way, literally I was somewhere in the middle of Iowa or something. I'm like, Sid, what, what are we doing? And you're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen out of this, but we're going to when we're going to create something that doesn't exist already. And, um, uh, and in that context, we were talking about music, but, um, getting into it. And then I remember driving back to Colorado, you know, all these other things were transpiring our connection with, uh, Joe Mathis, our, our, my connection down the road with Chris and Jackie and, Mm -hmm. and just a desire to, to help, people you know as a humanitarian that, that desire has always been there uh, just as a different um, venue now and uh the skill set of starting an organization and, and raising funds and doing all the things that we do are very similar to any other thing uh, it's just the messaging is a little different mm-hmm. but um yeah i think you know for the two of us uh, we're able to look at the therapeutic world the mental health world um, not as clinicians, but as people who have probably more recently in our lives benefited from those services, but previous to that, maybe been a little bit cynical about those services, mm-hmm. um, you know, with our own experience, our own perspective, our own stigmas that we carry. And so I think it's interesting for us to, to have these conversations because we don't come at this from a, um, a clinical point of view necessarily. Yeah. And, and, and then I know just in, in just in the last six months or seven months of us working on this, well, it's, I mean, we've been talking about it for over a year, but really, really sort of building it really just for the last six, seven months. Uh, I started, you know, connecting all the dots in my own life, like looking back at, and not that I, threw them out and didn't remember them. But, uh, you know, my life, you know, sometimes your life and my life for sure has changed so much that you, you, you forget some of the, some of the pathways that you took to get here. And, uh, I remember suddenly I, I, I was remembering meeting with, with a couple different therapists as a child, uh, to deal with, with like my parents' divorce and things. And then later, uh, and I'm not, I'm not speaking to the effectiveness of those treatments because I don't remember them. I just remember that they happened. Um, and then when I was in my twenties, then I worked at a, um, well to, to backtrack that my, my mom has been a social worker my whole life. So she's, like her whole life is her whole like professional life has been about, you know, helping people connect with, with resources to help their life. Like that's been her entire existence basically. Um, and so and even though some of that is on like a very personal, um, uh, more of like a, a physical needs kind of level. Um, um, there's also a lot of obviously mental health in that. And then I worked at a, at a at risk children's home for several years, which I just completely not forgot about, but it was like out of sight, out of mind, even though it's hard to forget those experiences. Cause they're very, even for the workers, they're very, they can be really traumatic actually. Um, cause of things that happen during that time that we're not allowed to speak about <laughs> except in very general broad terms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was just like suddenly all these, 
all these elements sort of was like, oh, this is this is why I find myself interested and 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 drawn to, even though maybe on the surface it doesn't look like, you know, why is this, you know, documentary filmmaker, musician wannabe um, <laughs> working in this mental health field? Like, well, I can I, can I ask yeah. you like, so what was your general perception of therapy in in your teens, early, you know, twenties, even mm-hmm. you know, younger, you know before all of this well funny yeah. enough it wasn't good um mm-hmm. <laughs> even though i had all this sort of exposure to it um i'll say i i didn't really obviously i didn't really understand what my mom was was doing as a kid right i just sure you know um i would go to work with her a few times as a kid she she was heavy involved in in like special olympics every year um and uh, I loved helping out with that. Uh, that was, oh, I, I remember those days very, very clearly. And, and um, uh, not to sound like I'm, I'm better than I am, but I just liked being out of school and helping my mom, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest with it. Um, um, and then, um, but when I was, I think, working at the, uh, at the children's home, because here I was, and most of uh, the staff members were just like your basic qualification for that job was to be alive. Um, <laughs> and they, the, the, the kids would, they would meet with a therapist, but it was only once, you know, maybe once a week. I mean, it was very minimal. And so most of the time they were spent with us, yet they were in a, a clinical treatment facility where you know these are young impressionable children you know um who have had some really crazy lives up to that point like worse than Mm -hmm. anything i've experienced even up to today (laughs) um and i'm the one who's entrusted with 90 percent of their care and i have no idea what i'm doing right like my job is to just like make sure they don't die um, yeah, it's interesting because I had exposure in college. You know, I was I was studying to to work with youth as well, and and I remember uh, having a counseling class. You mm-hmm. know, and and then somehow that at that time qualified me to be uh, some level of a counselor, and and right because you took a, a class. Setting, Cause I took a class, you know, and, and it seems so silly now, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it it's not a, just silly. It's a little bit scary. Cause like you said, the things that, that, that we are exposed to and deal with and that people go through are, are heavy things. And I think to be fair, there's, there's new science out now and mm-hmm. new understandings about different things. But during that time, you know, I remember being, uh, sort of like you said, entrusted with care for others. Um, and I never really understood or, or knew what, you know, a therapeutic relationship or therapy itself was and certainly didn't know any, I mean, I knew terms like depression and bipolar and mm-hmm. these things, but they just seemed way out there and they just didn't certainly seem like they were mm-hmm. part of my world, even though looking back, I was probably cycling in and out of a lot of depression yeah. <laughs> in my twenties. Uh, um, and thirties. I remember before my eldest son was born, when uh, my wife was pregnant, um, 
I wanted to sort of get some things straight. I, I knew that I had grown up in, in a, uh, dysfunctional setting and I didn't really know what that meant. I just know, all right, I want to be a better dad than I was shown and mm-hmm. I want to be a better husband than I was, than I was shown. And, and so my ex-wife and I, we went and, and met with a counselor for, I don't know, a few months and it was an okay experience. Um, but, um, that was really the only exposure I had to, to, to therapy, but it does looking back, it didn't feel like therapy. It just felt like we were meeting with someone who was going to give us some advice, Mm -hmm. which, um, now my experience with therapy is completely different. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's no straight, there's no straight path. (laughs) It seems like it's just, it's just kind of a it's a funny story how you know these random things suddenly pop up and then you end up you end up somewhere like where we are and well i think for me like you know like these days you and i along with chris and jackie you know we work hard to address stigma and Mm -hmm. if i'm honest with myself i probably carried a lot of that stigma myself Mm -hmm. like that's for other people or people with some sort of diagnosis yeah and I remember when I, when I worked in, in London for, um, Amnesty International, I, I went on, uh, oddly enough, we call them mission. I went on mission to Afghanistan and was there for a little bit. And I know you remember this, but I was, I went through a, a suicide bomb, mm-hmm. um, incident where it, it was close enough to where the, the blast moved, pushed me out of bed in, in my room and mm-hmm. and there was destruction obviously around us and whatnot and um but anyways when i got back to london uh amnesty because they had the, the, the resources and the systems to do this you know had me meet with a, a therapist to check out you know ptsd because i had just been in a war zone yeah. and gone through um something um traumatic you know, something catastrophic <laughs> yeah. so and i remember just going like i'm all right like i feel fine or whatnot mm-hmm. but that was i remember just like huh i guess there is a, some sort of science to this or something mm-hmm. and, and whatnot and um i i think that's the first time in my life i, I came across the, the the terminology of being triggered um because i remember getting home and one of my sons was playing some sort of war game on on xbox or Mm -hmm. something like that and i i couldn't i didn't like the sounds yeah um and anyway so so that that i just am recalling that that time where i started to be exposed to ptsd and and Mm. the science around these things yeah yeah and that's that's sort of at least uh you know i think that's a pretty good sort of capture of, of of how we got here and why we're here. And, and, but it's, it's for me, uh, one of the, the, I guess the next step would be, you know, why are we still here? <laughs> mm-hmm. And for me, that's that, you know, uh, I think over the last, 
But for me, I can just say for me, four years, but for others, it, it was longer just depending on your perspective of things. But, uh, and then certainly the last year, um, I've just seen so much that I don't understand. Let me just put it that way. Um, a lot of the mentalities and, and actions of, of, of people, not just in the U S but, but uh, around the world and different, um, just, I just see a lot of, uh, a lot of brokenness and a lot of inability of my, not just, I'm not talking about other people that even of myself to even process the things that are exploding around me and, and the, the, the speed at which life changed, certainly with COVID, but even the speed at which life changes with just having kids or having uh, moving. Uh, we've, this is, uh, you know, uh, the third, the third country that my wife and I have lived in, in just a few years. Yeah. And, and that sounds all exciting and cool, uh, except that it's, it can really not be. <laughs> uh, and it can be quite uh, a daunting thing to, to leave everything and to have no, no family, no support group, no nothing in your immediate area. I mean, yeah, you still have phone calls, but there is something about having, you know, being able to have coffee with your brother or, or, mm -hmm. or lunch with mom or, or, you know, there's, there's, there's something to that, um, that, you know, while life is great here in New York or whatever, I have no family here whatsoever. And it, it can get really lonely. Um, and so just seeing all that and having that be a part of my life for the last four or five, six years, whatever, um, knowing that I'm not alone and that, that I can be a part of the solution to helping people just be able to just think better and, and, and just be show up better uh that 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 just keeps me keeps me coming back and and keeps me focused and 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 motivated i think yeah i think you know as as you know we've already sort of conversed in another podcast you know my own story of, of a breakdown and and, and going through mm -hmm. things that i would have never predicted and, and recognizing in that breakdown and then post breakdown i guess you know how how much trauma i mean that's the buzzword these days but literal trauma i carried in my body um that that manifested itself out in in, in self-destructive ways and coming out of that realizing wow i would not be here unless i got help and and needing that help so desperately and then getting that help mm -hmm. recognizing that this you know my story is not unique there's a lot of people that are going through life carrying a lot of hurt and pain mm -hmm. and and as we've said before in our organization hurt people hurt people you know and it's the mm -hmm. cycle and similar for me just just the bumps and scrapes and and disappointments uh, the ups and downs of life um sometimes those ups and downs are a little bit more uh acute than other times and and recognizing not only that it's good to talk to someone not you know family friends therapists mm -hmm. but there is a science behind what we feel and what we experience and that that was revolutionary for me when i when i read the book um 
the body keeps the score. And I, I started to, again, I'm not a clinician. So a lot mm. of this stuff is still confusing to me, but starting to understand that there is a science behind how our brains and bodies work. And it's not just, Oh, I feel bad. No, something is happening chemically and physiologically in my brain, yeah. and my body. And with that, there are then modalities that we can touch into to address those. And, and it's like, wow, we don't have to live with all this, um, these things, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, life's hard. We're going to go through things, change, you know, you mentioned your family's been moving, uh, you know, uh, for me, uh, going through a divorce, moving myself, change seems to be this exposure thing. Like it just opens up you raw and you're like, Oh, this is what's wrong with me yeah. or what is wrong with me. Um, and there are ways to get through and, you know, there are things that therapists are specifically trained in these days to help us heal hurt from the past so that we don't necessarily have to re-experience those hurts in the future. And for me, that was kind of just like eye opening. I'm like, wow, more people need access to that, um, Uh those types of things. And, and that's why I'm still in this because, um, it, it's been important to me and, and um, I think globally it can be important and a resource for, for a lot of other people as well. Yeah. And, and, and you and I have both, you know, lost mutual friends and, mm-hmm. and, you know, some people outside of our um, shared worlds, uh, Yeah, you know, to, um, To the exhaustion of life. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, and even some of them who had help, but at the end of the day, life just overtook. Yeah. Um, and so I just think, you know, what, what better way to, to spend, you know, my time and energy or, or anybody's time and energy other than to, to help people, you know, show up the next day and keep showing up for the people around them. So. Yeah. I am with you on that, Sid. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have lost some dear people to our, to, I think that's a good way to put it to the exhaustion of life. And, um, and we, I know even just yesterday I was thinking about, uh, a mutual friend of ours that I just was like, man, I miss him. You know, mm. it was just as simple as that. I miss him. I miss not being able to, I miss being able to call him, you know, text him. And, um, and it's just that sadness that life in almost like a tsunami just, just enveloped, you know, our friends in these, in these ways. And, and if there could have been something to stem that tide, um, I think we recognize there are things, you know, mm-hmm. to stem those tides. And, and so, yeah, so we keep on keeping on and doing what we do, uh, not only for others, but also I think for our own capacity to keep living and keep parenting and keep, keep being who we are. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the great 
motivators to to keep going is to is to help other people mm -hmm. and so um yeah cool well i i think we got that captured <laughs> so uh thanks for listening uh if you um I, we've never thrown this out there but um we it at at, at at way through like we we really are interested in in and people's stories and if you are listening to this and you would want to share your story uh reach out to us and we would love to to have you on uh, the podcast and just to to also you know, just start sharing uh, your mental health story. Uh, we think that the more stories are shared, the more commonality uh, people will see. And just the, 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 I think that, that those next steps to getting help will just be easier. Um, so find us at, 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 at waythrough.org or on Facebook uh, at waythrough.org. That's T-H-R-U-O-R-G. Um, you can find us there. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know uh, how we can help. And we'd love to hear from you. So uh, I think Andrew and I could both say that, that we, we stick around because people matter. And, and uh, you are definitely one of those people who matter. So... Um, yeah, so we'll talk to you next time.